0: Hello, travelers. Please have a seat while I tell you the tale of the Prismatic Guard. Starring Abby O'Neill as the combustible and often confused tiefling alchemist, Flint Tharai. Hunter Royal as the kobold brawler with a chip on his shoulder, Igris Stonehide. Jason Hobbs as the old veteran, Rovarth Mirax, a dragonborn warlock with a mysterious patron. And Jerry Evans as an affable historian, the halfling bard, Roscoe Sitfoot. Hosted by Eli Royal, join us on a tale of a world still recovering from a great war that shook the world.
1: Hi, you're listening to We Play RPGs. I'm your host Eli, joined by
2: Abby. I'm playing uh, Flint. Jason,
3: I am playing Rovarth Mirax. I am Jerry, and I'm playing Roscoe
4: Suitfoot. And I am Hunter, playing Igly Stonehide.
1: This episode of We Play RPGs is brought to you by Ashley's Souls. Now, Abby, you prefer to dine mostly on the souls of those who died at sea for their arrogance,
2: right? Uh, pretty sure.
1: Alright, that's good enough. Well, with Ashley's Souls, you don't have to go find those souls of arrogant men who died at sea. You know, cause that's such a hassle. Now with this subscription service, they bring that right to you. And all it costs is one redhead's voice a year.
2: Mm. That sounds like a good deal.
1: <laughs> alright, fake ad over. Uh, Great, but
2: really tell us, what kind levels. of variety
4: do they carry? You don't need to worry about the variety.
2: <laughs> Actually, no, yes, that's sir. a good question. You, what are you, the varieties?
4: You are not a powerful sea
1: witch, alright? Abby is. You don't know. And the variety know, is... There is a lot of variety, okay? But mostly, it's poor, unfortunate souls.
4: I yeah. almost started screaming when you said that. <laughs> Disney can fight me.
1: Please don't fight me, Disney. <laughs> I'm not powerful enough for that. <laughs> I would say, you need to level up a bit more.
4: Yeah. You're, You're not here. worth oh, Disney's time. Point. Don't worry about it.
1: All right. Yeah, no. Disney does not care about me. So... Our game takes place on the world of Ildar, created by the great dragon god, Ildar. During the Aurora War, with the primordials of the Elemental Plains, Ildar was split in twain, creating Beron, the dragon queen of light, and Ashku, the dragon king of darkness. After the war, when the divine powered over the Elemental, Ashku waged war with his sister, and he lost. Because of this, his sister banished him to the Void, to a cage, almost impenetrable and most certainly unescapable. Ildar moved on from this, and our game takes place thirty years after the end of the Great War, a world war in which the tieflings of Igria almost destroyed everything before being stopped their kingdom taken from them all of the tieflings now refugees and you our players are in the city of Seoul the capital of the human kingdom of Thar one of the largest cities on the continent of Ghidor it is the central hub of the lightning ro- rails and individually you have all been contacted by a Lord Beton. Now. If any of you are trained in Arcana history or religion, you can make your roll to see if you know who the hell Lord Daniel Benton is, and if you are not trained, you can make one of those rolls at disadvantage.
4: Hold on. I believe I'm... Yep, I am trained in history. I have Arcana. Uh, I
3: have history, so I'll do that.
4: That's a 13 in history for me.
2: Oh hey, how did I get a twenty-two?
4: Because you rolled a nat twenty and got a plus two for your.
1: Is your Abby, bonus,
4: Abby? Are you what
1: trained are you plus? in history?
2: No, I don't know why it has me as a plus two, man.
4: That's do you a have a? Question. Do you have an intelligence bonus of plus two?
2: Oh yes, that's it.
4: <laughs> then that's what it is.
2: Okay. However, okay.
1: because you're Yay. not trained, you are trained in Arcana. So why don't you roll that instead?
2: Because I just clicked the first thing and I got history. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no problem. Like, well, I was saying, it. It. you're not trained in history, so you would be at
4: disadvantage to roll history. And you couldn't take that nat 20? Yes.
2: Okay, so I'll roll history again, then.
4: You mean Arcana?
2: Actually, yeah, and I'll roll Arcana, because that just seems smart. Okay. Listen, I haven't played an online game. Oh, God, that's so bad. Okay, so... Oh, um, <laughs>
1: We have no idea. Flint Rovarth, uh, you're not giant nerds. So you don't. I'm really... a
2: nerd, just not in that particular field. Listen,
1: listen. Sorry to interrupt all you. All right, you're a geek. Now, Igris and Roscoe, they're fucking nerds. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Can confirm, am nerd. Yes.
4: So bend down and it to Igris' face.
1: <laughs> Flint Rovarth, you guys aren't familiar with this guy. I mean, he's going by Lord, so odds are good that he has money. However, Igris and Roscoe, you guys both know that Betten has given dozens of lectures on history and magical theory at various colleges across Ildar. And he can't do magic himself, but he's incredibly versed in the practice and theory. And he also comes from a noble family and uses his near-infinite wealth to uh, fund various research projects at various colleges.
4: Oh, so he is noble who pretends to be nice.
1: Eh, depending on how you look at it.
3: Is oh. there anything other than that?
1: That not that Rovarth or Flint know. And yeah, we've we no And for Igris and Roscoe, I mean that's pretty much it. You've never met him. You've definitely read about the various discoveries that he's made.
4: Um, does he at least have a, a reputation for being a man of his word?
1: Yes. Yeah. No. He's
4: okay.
1: he's actually kind of in in history books because that's what you guys rolled in history books that are written about his discoveries as opposed to that he's written. They kind of talk down about him. Huh. Presumably, he's not enough of a uh, arrogant jackass for them.
4: Oh, so he's not a big, arrogant dickwad, so they're... That's,
1: that's the impression you've... Well, uh, with a 21, that is especially the impression you've
4: gained. Okay.
1: Now, you all are met. You arrive at the building, so you see each other. So let's have Abby describe Flint.
2: Okay, you guys see a red tiefling with white hair and yellow eyes. He's wearing a very brightly colored uniform. It looks, it's bright yellow with red diamonds. He's about six feet tall. He also has a bag, and he just kind of smells like, like kind of chemically, like metals, that type of smell.
1: Acid, stuff like that.
2: Yeah. All
3: right, Jason. Yep. So Rovarth is a six foot nine black scaled dragonborn with emerald green eyes, wearing leather armor with a spear in one hand and a dagger in the other.
1: Well, he does I, have I assume a, a not actively in tail. his hands right now. <laughs> no, not
3: actively in my hand. They're they're like stowed away. Yeah. But I do have a, a tail with small fins flaring off the side and a sort of alligator like snout. Jerry? Roscoe? It has tan skin, and if you're into his type, he's very pleasant to look at. He has brown hair, and he's about three feet. Um, Clothing-wise, give me one second. And Roscoe's wearing a halfling? A halfling, yes. yes. Roscoe's a halfling. He's he's well-dressed in a nice suit and hat. He has mutton chops, and he seems rather
4: pleased with himself.
1: And Igris?
4: Igris is a kobold. Is actually... Pretty large for a kobold and seems uh, a lot larger because he stands upright rather than like the kind of cowering that a lot of kobolds do around the larger races. Just not necessarily like they're afraid, but more that they just normally get stepped on. But he's, got, he's very defiant. Gray skin scales with a black diamond like rattlesnake pattern that goes along his snout, over his head and down his back. He carries uh, a scimitar and a battle axe, but he, he, his gauntleted fists are very obviously what his preferred weapon are, because he very rarely seems to reach for for the weapons when he gets upset.
2: Uh, you just described this guy. I'm just imagining, like, like he's just daring someone to, like, you know, actually step on his tail so he can punch them.
1: Yes, I like to imagine that his tail flicks a little bit, like an agitated cat.
4: Yeah. You oh, know, and- honestly, I would, I would say that, except kobolds probably have, like, a stiff tail like the Velociraptor or because it's more for, like, balance when they're running.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. For listeners, if you hear a weird background noise, Jerry has refused to murder the people cleaning outside of his apartment right now, like the rest of us requested. Something about, you know, going to jail... So you might hear that occasionally. Don't worry about it.
3: On, he's going to lose his
1: benefits if he go if he does that. So
3: eh, I'm a friend with benefits. It's all good.
1: <laughs> You're my friend with benefits. Anyway,
3: but yeah, uh, they have very powerful water guns, so we apologize. Yeah.
1: So, the building that you meet outside of is uh, so it's in. Uh, it, it's not far from Tall Town. So the city of Seoul was actually, I'm going to make everybody make history checks. Again? Again.
2: Okay, I'm at disadvantage. Because... No, 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 you're, you're not. Uh, uh, oh, you, okay. You've
1: been in the city for like a couple months, right?
2: Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Again, <sighs> with the fives. Oh, my God. I'm so bad at this.
3: Wait, what did, what did mine Flint, do? Flint, you're so dumb. so weird looking.
1: I think... Hold on. It'll tell us. Uh, I think you might have rolled with uh, advantage.
3: I don't know how I did that, but okay.
1: It doesn't matter. Uh, so, everybody but Flint knows that uh, Sol used to be... So, Thar used to be Tharanok, a hill giant kingdom. And then the human slaves rose up and drove all the hill giants to the west. Talltown is what's is pretty much what's left of the hill giant city that, used, that is Seoul is built on top of. Most of the buildings were cannibalized for the rest of the city. And Talltown is very expensive to live in because all the buildings have been retrofitted for use by more human-sized species. Very different from Gloom Town, which is a very gloomy place to be. Anyway, this place isn't far from Tall Town, so it's not a... Even it, the size of the building alone is enough to tell you that it is not a cheap building to own or rent.
0: I'm afraid to go in
2: this building. I'm going to break something.
1: So you guys are... Met at the door by a uh, half-elf woman. She's short, maybe 4'11". Like, she's under 5 feet tall. She's dressed in very common, kind of uh, scholarly clothes. She basically looks like a nerd. However, she is built like a fighter. And she stands like a fighter. She also doesn't have any shoes. And she says, Oh hello, you must be the adventurers that Lord Benton uh called for. My name is Kaylin Galanadel. I'm Lord Betton's personal assistant. Please follow me.
4: And so we do. Alright? One well, wonder what kind of personal assisting you do. Say staring up at this is obviously jacked woman. In front
1: of me. Yeah, she's thicc, thick. Um, mm. but from what you can, because she's wearing kind of like capri style pants. So from what definition you can, and her uh, sleeves are rolled up a little bit. So from what definition you can see, she is a fighter. She doesn't respond to what you've said. But she does um, lead to- you... Should we take our shoes? <laughs> oh. I was
2: gonna ask if we need to take our shoes off at the door. Or uh, can we just she... walk in? You she want... says,
1: uh, no, no, that's just my preference. Is to okay. not wear shoes.
4: Thank you. Oh good, that's you're fair. not a tenderfoot like the rest of these soft skins.
1: No, I don't suppose that I am. So- As I, as
3: I look at him with like a look of what? <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, you've, as as a dragonborn, you've definitely heard the phrase soft skin, especially from kobolds used to describe non-kobolds.
3: I just mean, like, him referring to me. Like, I agree with him on the other two, but...
1: You're like, bitch, do you not see my tail?
3: (laughs) Exactly.
2: I don't Uh, think he's counting you simply because he's offended by how tall your character is. I mean...
3: Look, I was born this way. I can't choose how
1: tall I
4: was. Kaylin- Please, I have seen freshly shed snakes with stronger skin than you. Damn.
1: So Kaylin no, no, no. leads you through this building. It is massive. It has easily a 40 foot ceiling. And it seems comprised mostly of large connected halls. Like there, you haven't seen any actual rooms. Now, Kaylin leads you guys through dozens of display cases. Some of them have items in them, but most of them are empty. And she leads you through a doorway marked Employees Only.
4: I know the like, cultural level of this game, but it just... It, <laughs> something makes me find that very amusing, that there's an Employees Only sign in a D&D game.
1: <laughs> I know. It's great. <laughs> So she leads you into this back room. For most of you guys, it probably just looks like junk. For Igris and Roscoe, because Roscoe is a historian and Igris reveres historians, you guys recognize that these are antiques. I don't mean Rovarth and Flint probably recognize that too. It just looks more like junk to you guys.
2: We don't it care. It looks like expensive junk that I should not touch. Ooh, fascinating!
4: I think more. It just looks like really old stuff that's kept in that's like put on display. Whereas the rest of us are like, no, this is really expensive old stuff.
1: Now this stuff isn't actually on display. It looks like it's all being sorted through or
4: analyzed. Uh okay. It's a slightly different process then. Yeah.
1: Uh, now. Eventually, you find she leads you to a desk, and behind that desk sits a man of average height. And, actually, I think I can show you what he looks like. Mm -hmm. There we go. Uh, All right, whatever. Okay. I'll just add his character sheet to people's journals so you can see what he looks like. There you go. So if you go over to the... Oh, yeah, for listeners, we're using Roll20 because all of us are rather busy and disconnected. So using the internet is the best way for us to record this podcast. Yay, technology. Yes, Welcome to the world of tomorrow! So if you guys go to where you find your character sheets, which is the journal, you should be able to see either an allies folder or just Lord Benton's character sheet.
4: He's more of a a, Roscoe. A
1: very Roscoe-looking individual. Yes.
4: Ooh, I like him. Yeah. Of
1: course you would. For our listeners, Daniel Benton is a average height... Kind of thin man. He is, his clothing, he is dressed in a very fine suit with a silk cummerbund and little... Not. It's not an ascot, it's like a cravat, I guess is what it's called. He's not wearing his hat. You can see it's on his desk, matches his suit. His purple, it's a dark purple suit, and the silk is a more magenta color. He is, however, wearing spectacles. And he is dark skinned, but he doesn't look like he gets a lot of sun. He um, sits
2: inside all day like a nerd.
1: Yep, uh, but he sees you, and he uh, very he, he stands up quickly and starts to clean off the four chairs that are in front of the desk.
3: And I will, I will bow slightly.
1: Yes, uh, th- thank you so much, Miss Glenadel. If you could continue cataloging until we're finished with this meeting, that would be delightful. Kaelin smiles and nods and walks away.
2: Do you need help emptying the chairs?
1: No, 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 no. Of, of course not. That's, 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 it's, it's, it's it's perfectly fine. He kind of piles all the stuff up next to the desk. I'm, I'm so glad you all responded to my summons. As my letter said, I have quite the adventure for you. I'm sure you're wondering what this building is for.
4: Not really. Uh, oh.
3: I I have found it rather fascinating, especially the stuff that are inside the building, good, sir.
1: Y- yes, yes. It's it it
4: obviously really- some kind of museum or, or or archive. Precisely. Now, what I am
1: attempting to create is a museum open to the common man. As you, I'm sure you know, most uh, collections and, and historical artifacts are um, kept for the exclusive use of of churches or or private collections. However, this would be something that would be free to the public to allow them to educate themselves about the history of our world. However, as you have obviously seen coming through, I'm a little bit lacking in artifacts I have my private collection, but I very much so need to expand. And essentially, what I'd like you to do is act as my private treasure hunters.
4: It is noble goal, but I don't think uh, the rest of the educated elite would put up with it for very long.
1: They well, like the there's
2: the rest of the educated status. elite.
1: Well I own the building, so they don't really have a whole lot of say in the matter.
2: It is a
3: delightful I mean, educational idea. I love it.
4: I, I am not saying it will not work for you. I just uh, don't see this lasting much long beyond your own your own lifetime.
1: Well, kaylin is sure to outlive me by a good hundred years or so. I'm, I'm
4: sure she can take over for me. Well, she is capable of defending herself, yes. <laughs>
1: Now, this job, I will be, if you act as my treasure hunters, uh, when I have a job for you, I will contact you, and we will negotiate pay for that specific job. In between jobs, I simply request that you remain in the city. Or rather, I know that adventuring is more of a tra- traveling sort of thing. So as, as kind of a staying... In the uh, living in the city, yes, living in the city, uh, to make it easier if I need to contact you for the, this first expedition, I would like to send you on. I will pay you seventy-five gold pieces each, plus whatever items you find that have no historical value are yours to keep. And where
3: would this expedition
1: be? Uh, Castle Gulrick.
3: but does that ring a bell to any of us?
1: Uh, You can make history checks if you like.
2: Castle At disadvantage?
1: No. No, the first disadvantage was just that knowing who this guy is is not going to be common. Okay. Alright. So, Flint... And Rovarth would know this.
3: I'm uh, the military man.
1: Yeah. So, Gulrick Castle, Gulrick, used to be a owned. Oh, you know, it was, it was uh, first created by a Duke Gulrick, and the castle itself is actually inside the Frozen Forest. Again, in your journals, you guys should have a maps. Uh, thing there, and if you click on yeah. the map of Thar, it should bring up, you'll see Frozen Forest in that top left-hand
4: corner. Yeah, off to the west. yeah, Off yeah. to the west of Seoul. it's
1: It's in the northwest. Fellus is the closest city to it. And he's going to get you all tickets on the Lightning Royal. Because so- yeah, it's just the fastest way to get there. Now, the Frozen Forest is called that because it is... And now, the the castle itself is actually beyond the border of Seoul. And it's almost in uh, the Frozen Wastes. Which are, you know, if you bring up the map of Ghidorah, you can see the Frozen Wastes are at the uh, top there. mm okay now one of the things I think that's oh yeah so uh, the past several hundred years uh, the castle has gone through several owners, it's been abandoned you know, it's, it's just one of those things of it's not worth it to most people to keep it and also something for you guys to know most of you as players are probably not aware of this, but on the... Let me bring up my little thing here. My, my information. Ildar uses a 12-month, 30-days-to-a-month calendar, uh, very similar to ours. However,
4: the difference... That's Hunter. Well, it must have been a truck Fire on the Harbor.
1: That happens. The difference being that... So, Beruth, named after Baron, is the first month of the year. However, the first day of the year marks the beginning of spring. Which is obviously different from our calendar, where the first day of the year begins in the middle of winter. Yeah. Currently, you are on the... 22nd of Davoth, which is the ninth month of the year. So you're at the nearing the end of fall. Winter is ejaculating. <laughs> yeah, I got Abby on that one. Fuck the rest of you guys. Uh, I'm funny.
3: So what you're saying is winter is coming. I understand.
0: <laughs> oh my god.
1: Alright, you're probably going to need cold weather gear. Do you guys have any questions for Lord the,
3: Are we looking for any specific historical items, or just historical items in general?
1: Oh, uh, just historical items in general. The castle has been around for almost 800 years. It should be in quite the disrepair, but there might be something worth salvaging.
3: Of course, of course.
2: Um, is there anything, is there any, like, creatures or anything we need to worry about? Like, I, I'm kind of just, like, the entire time we're talking, just kind of, like, kind of wringing the end of my tail. It's like a nervous, it's like a nervous tick.
3: Um, I, too, am curious about this.
1: Oh, well, you are going to be taking the lightning rail to Felis and when you get there, you will meet a halfling woman named uh, Pala Highleaf. And she'll handle things from there, and she'll be able to answer those kinds of questions. I mean, I know what kind of creatures are usually found in the frozen forest, but I don't know anything specific. Oh, Understood, understood. I, I, new moving I should, at all. should mention, if you and he hands each of you a small book, it's basically a IOU book. Uh, there's not a lot of the little tabs in there because I'm going to cover half of all of your traveling expenses outside of the tickets for the Lightning Rail. I will pay for that myself. And those will have the bill for your items sent to me.
4: Well, understood, understood.
1: Now, if you were to happen to come across any magical item, I will have to look it over for historical value, but beyond that, it is yours to keep. Uh, if, if, if it has no historical value, I have no need for it.
3: Understood. Okay. Sounds like a most generous offer, Lord Betts.
1: So, uh, I, I suppose, simply let me know when you're prepared.
3: Just have to get some provisions of first, of course, and then we will
1: let you know. Uh, no, I, I will say that many of the uh, uh, pr- provisions that you will need, um, such as a cart or horse or, or, or anything like that, or, or trail rations... Um, Will be available in Felis, so you you may not feel the need to take them on the lightning rail with you.
4: True, true. I need only cold weather gear. I can pick up in Uh, Felis. This
1: is true.
3: Well, does any does any of my fellow gentlemen have any business they need to attend to before we go? No. Not
4: particularly. Oh. Do you have any neighbors with poor security? Um. Die joke.
1: Oh, ha. Very funny. So, um. No, nope, really. I. Um. <laughs> I get you again. Kalen, um. <laughs> uh. If, if you were all ready to go, then, uh, Kalen can go ahead and get your uh, tickets sorted. It would be most appreciated.
2: I would appreciate that. They don't tend to respond well to me being there. Yes, yes. Um,
1: Anyway, it it was delightful speaking to you all, and I'm eager to uh, see what you bring back. As am I. Um, So am I. So, Kaylin leads you guys out, and as you're walking, she takes those little booklets back from you. And what she does is she takes each one, and she actually has one of the, uh, newfangled fountain pens. Ooh. Uh, which, you know, you don't have to, uh, dip them each time you use them. They have a, they have ink inside of it.
2: How much does that cost?
1: It's like three gold. So I mean, expensive, but
4: for you guys,
1: not really that expensive.
2: <laughs> I wanted well, just to take it just take the
4: more. It, it makes young people ma- makes young people lazy, not ha- having to go and get the ink and shake it off like they're supposed to. This will lead to downfall of society. Exactly. I find it. But I find it makes me more efficient. Honestly, it's me. It lets me get more crap, writing man. done I I about Paul. I need to
2: write. Yeah. You write right. fast.
1: I write. Uh, so, uh, she writes down some instructions on four of them, hands one to each of you, and it's basically just saying to send the bill for your ticket, uh, to Betten. To the limit of, uh, the common coach. Basically, coach. No, no first class. And you all know where the uh, lightning
4: rail yard is Just out of curiosity like how how much does a lightning rail ticket cost
1: Um I have that written down here somewhere
4: Uh <laughs> I'm sure it's expensive
1: It's more expensive than you probably want to pay
4: uh, Yeah I mean I'm pretty sure I don't have enough to like buy a first class ticket out of pocket I'm just curious at this point
1: the average, well, hmm, this is for a different distance. Let's look at that map again. See what it. It would probably be It's about the same distance. It's it it'd be close to a, a ten gold per ticket just for the regular ticket.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah, no, that's all my money. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I could pay out of pocket. I'm not doing that.
2: No.
1: Nah. Well, also, odds are none of you have ever been on the lightning rail to begin with.
0: True,
4: yeah, true. Not. I let no one see my excitement.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, Flynn's definitely excited. Like, you see, he's just kind of, uh, his tail's flicking like a cat, and he's just yeah. kind of uh, bouncing a little dance.
1: Uh, so, the lightning rail... Imagine trains very much so, like, in the early days of the steam engine. Because, basically, it is a steam engine. However, it is powered by a captured lightning elemental that sends all this energy throughout the engine that boils the water and causes the engine to go. It is most fascinating. Yes. Flint would be a bit more familiar with the actual science behind it because it is a partially it it is an enchanted train basically now the lightning rail is actually very recent it was only became commonly available after the great war during the great war it was invented to help move supplies but since it has been opened up to commercial use
4: I'm imagining like, in a hundred years, there's going to be some, like, D&D variant of PETA that is, like, protesting to free all the, the enslaved elementals. Probably. Probably. Yeah, not giving a shit that, like, home. you know, <laughs> that you're going to just ruin the economy of, like, the entire world.
1: Well, you know, they also won't think about the fact that these elementals, you know, what what the fuck are you going to do? Send them back? They're going to kill
4: everyone. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, no, no, no. See, they can't send them back, so they're just going to murder them, rather than let them be enslaved. Exactly. You know, just like real PETA does. They're monsters. Anyway,
1: the trip itself will actually only take about 13 hours.
4: Huh. Wow. Well, you know. It's a big distance.
1: Well, the train. Well, it's a good thing we don't have any
4: females in this uh, yeah. in in this group because you know their vaginas would fly out of their bodies from the force.
1: Well, and you know the of, lightning rail as it goes by, horses try and keep up with it, and then their hearts explode.
4: Yeah, yeah. So you know, anyway, that's totally a thing that happens.
1: Yep. Uh, it's actually uh, only about three hundred miles, and the train moves at about thirty miles an hour. And it's it does have to stop to get more water, but that's not, you know, that's like twenty minutes. Yeah, plus,
4: like, it, like don't we only have to like pass through like one, two cities, whatever, and to pick up more, pick up, drop off passengers anyway. So
1: yeah, yeah. So altogether, it's about thirteen hours. So it's Sweet. in the evening when you guys get to Phyllis. So Phyllis is not a small town; it's it's a a little bit of a small city. And it's definitely no Seoul. And, you know, Seoul is a massive city. It has, I th- think I put down, it has, like, 80,000 people. Um, Pheles is not nearly as large. So you were actually greeted. There is a halfling woman on the platform holding a sign that has her name on it. She has a round, pretty face, if that's what you're into. Uh, currently marred by a broken nose and a black eye. Um, <clears throat> she dresses more like a dock worker or a warehouse worker than somebody you would associate with Lord Betton. And she also has a short sword on her belt. And what is everybody's passive
4: perception real quick? Uh, hold on.
2: One second.
3: Eleven. Um, not good, so <laughs> I'm just gonna roll with that.
4: <laughs> twelve. Well,
3: Where on the character sheet is passive per- it perception? Be I'm sorry. Underneath all the skills. Okay, twelve
2: we all so
4: bad. None of us are very wise. Nah, yeah, don't worry about it. Just means
1: you don't notice the you thing. You can say it's my flaw. Um, so, Pela... You, know, you guys walk up, she goes, Alright, follow me. You have to, uh... Set up with the guards before you do anything else.
4: I... Because she looks like she's somebody who might brawl, I I think Igris is going to, like... Size her up. Should I roll like an insight or uh, or perception for that? both. Okay. Oh, stop it! Ah, hold on. It's trying to like drag the window for some reason. So there's perception. I I <laughs> I perceive nothing. Insights. Oh, there we
1: go. Okay. Uh, your insight, your perception, you don't really notice anything more than I've already said, um, but your insight tells you she is a fighter. Not in the same way that Kaelin was a fighter, where Kaelin moved in these very practiced, um, deliberate moves, but more in she seems like she's ready for a fight. And she's clearly looking around, sizing everybody up as she goes.
4: So she's my kind of fighter, not one of those fancy-pants monks. Precisely.
1: Now, she leads you over to the guards. She has, uh... Fellas requires that you have permits to carry weapons. The guards will uh, give you temporary permits while you're in the city. And, however, you... And she points at Flint are going to have to be extra good behavior.
2: Not surprising. Yeah. Uh,
1: and then she sizes Igras uh, up and goes, you too."
4: I spit on the ground. Right.
2: I just kind of step away and hide behind Roar because No, you I'm don't. To- <laughs> yes, I am.
3: <laughs> no, you don't. I don't like you very much either.
2: Associate with angry the small I, one.
1: I love that uh, you go to try to stand behind Rovarth, and Rovarth immediately steps to the side <laughs> and like turns a little bit so that you're not directly behind him. I
2: don't I know just, what you're. I'm just looking at him like, holding my tail like, of a tray. Like, come on, man! Come
0: <laughs> on, man! Look,
4: what happens if we do not reach to uh, the pay, the, pay to get uh, permits? Do, do, do we just? have weapons stored with the guard and pick them up on the way out of town?
1: No. Just come here. And she leads (laughs) you over to the counter and just points at it. There. Handle your business. It's five copper pieces. And it's literally, they hand you a piece of paper and it's kind of a uh, temporary contract that you're not going to use your weapons inside the city.
4: Fine. I will not use my weapons while inside the city. That is that that is
3: easy enough to agree to. I didn't plan on using my weapons inside the city.
2: I mean, okay. I mean, I don't really. Ha- I'm just gonna sign it. Yeah.
3: I just throw my weapons on the table. <laughs> it's like, there you go. Like,
1: what? What? Are, what? Are, what are we supposed to do with these? We
3: oh wait, Oh wait! No, we're paying for the permit. Never mind. Yeah. I bet. Um, Rewind. Start
4: over. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: so. <laughs> okay,
4: so we're going to pay.
1: <laughs> she goes, uh, all right. Do you have anything to take care of, or should I lead you to the end?
4: Uh, unless I there's a shop be... open, that I can buy cold weather gear. Exactly. Otherwise, it can wait till morning.
3: I think I will um, wait till morning myself.
4: Fine.
1: That way is the district to find all your clothes, your cold weather gear and such. That way you'll find your, uh, trail rations. And that way is the pretty unicorn. That's where you'll be staying. It's also really? where you're gonna pick up your horse, horses and wagon. Really?
4: pretty I love that. That's great. Hmm. What Wait kind till of you fancy, see fancy name is that?
2: No, I'm just, I just love the name.
4: Wait till you see it's, it. I mean, imagine
2: And then, then she
1: so just true. turns and starts walking.
3: Well, she's not much for conversation. <laughs>
4: no. I have great respect I would for one with like
2: that. No. The broken nose.
4: <laughs> what?
2: I mean, I wouldn't either with the broken nose.
3: Roku knew it going to be a fantastic conversation starter.
1: She says, kind of turns, stops and turns a little bit and says, uh, I received these from a half-orc who is uncooperative in my investigations.
4: <laughs> my kind of woman. You only wish. <laughs>
1: and she <laughs> just keeps walking again.
3: I think he does, actually.
1: <laughs> hey, baby, you ever see a cloaca?
4: <laughs> oh if only she had had tougher skin
1: All right
3: So to go let's go and buy buy, buy some clothes shopping
1: All right eh. Um you guys still it's have probably those.
4: too late for most shops we might we might as well go and uh, arrange for lodgings and go back in the morning I agree with that sentiment. Because then we can pick up horses and wagon, take wagon to shops, load everything on shops instead of in the wagon instead of carrying back to the wagon. It, it makes better sense. Yeah, true.
2: That's a good point.
4: I'm in agreement
3: with him. Let's head to the pretty unicorn.
1: All right. When you guys arrive at the pretty unicorn, it is not in a nice part of town. And as you're coming up to the door, as is the nature of stories like this, uh, someone is thrown through the front window. Leading yeah. out. Well, uh, this
4: is certainly lodgings they got for us. And
1: another person leans out of that the
4: guy that got thrown out the, w- the window.
1: Ah, he's an average-sized human. Oh, because uh, I was going
4: to try and throw him back through.
1: <laughs> um, the guy who leans out of the window, however, is in a uh, the barkeep smock, and he's <laughs> rather big, and he says. Uh, and you're paying for that window. Uh.
3: It is only fair, he technically broke oh, it. Oh boy. Fun place.
2: <laughs> uh,
3: I, I advise we try to be on our best behavior, good sirs. Be on the best behavior I can be. <laughs> Not to mean anything by it, but that probably goes double for you, Flint, is it?
2: Yes, and yes, I know, I know. I'm not,
3: I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying they'll be looking for any reason. <laughs>
2: I know, I've lived through it.
3: <laughs> I know you have.
2: All
1: right. dinkly. this is a perfect time for us to uh, stop. So, anybody uh, got anything to plug? Anybody, anybody at all. Abby?
2: I'm on Twitter at elvenly underscore e. Both the e's are capitalized at the beginning and the end. I'm also on Instagram under that same name. Follow me. I have, I post art. I, I retweet lots of random little things. Yeah, that's it.
3: I don't have anything in particular at the moment trying to get stuff fixed audio-wise. All right. So. This is Jerry. Right now, I have right now I have nothing but keep your ear out. I will have stuff in the near future.
4: Yeah, well, me Hunter, um, you can find me on uh, Twitter at, at @hcroyal, royal with two L's. You can find me on Facebook. I've got a, an author page at H Campbell Royal. I am a published author. You can find my book on Amazon in both print and Kindle versions. It's the title is unbalanced scales my facebook page i go through a lot about talking about my writing on twitter i just kind of mostly just like retweet interesting things that i find and then post little blurbs about progress (laughs) of my writing (laughs) i also post pictures of my animals because i am that kind of person yeah so look up my writing that's also one of our patreon things so, if you buy my book on Kindle for ninety nine cents and like it, then give us some money, and um, I'll write you a story, like of a character of your choice in this world. Hey. Yep.
1: And I'm Eli. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Royal Artisan Props, Royal with two L's, and you can find me on Twitter at Royal Props facebook and instagram you'll see a lot of my uh cosplay prop work and stuff like that on twitter you will see those things but you will also see me pick fights with nazis and if you want to have me read a fake ad using your name you need to subscribe to the patreon all right we uh hope everybody has a good day bye
0: Thank you for listening to this part of our tale, Traveler. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever else find pods, our cast. You can find us online at weplayrpgspodcast.com, on Facebook and Twitter at weplayrpgs, and on Patreon at weplayrpgspodcast. Your patronage is what keeps this podcast alive. I've been the audio engineer of this episode, Amanda Pavic. You can find me on all social medias at Lovey. that's A-H-O-Y-L-U-V-Y, and also on Twitch.